From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors, with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Welcome back. Here it is, uh, hour number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Dean Frazier, and Bill George. And Erin, don't, don't know to forget her. She's over there on the other side of the glass over there. She's and, neutral. Uh, She's Sweden. We were uh, hanging out here. And, uh, <laughs> it's we, okay. You can are, have an opinion. Are we done with uh, <laughs> the topic? Or are we carrying it over into hour number two? I mean, what are no, we? I mean, I could to? go on. No, well, he, I have he, a lot of fight left he, in me. He, he, I understand that you do, but can I just go to the original? What started the whole thing? Was, sure. Was um, what did you think about the red snapper season? And before you get into it, <laughs> I asked him, Dean. And Bill George did come up with it and says, you know, if it wasn't for the great efforts, and we do owe them this, if it wasn't for the great efforts of their, our own Florida Wildlife Commission, uh, we would not have the opportunity that we have today. Where, uh, as you pointed out, Dean, during the break, you know, it used to be broken up into different days, different months, every weather weekend, blah, 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 when it was a full moon, when it was, you know, when the... Three the, days one year. So, I mean, it was... Yeah. So now, officially, the red snapper season for recreational fishermen starts officially on June 11th in Gulf State and federal waters and will remain open through July 12th, closing on the 13th. So that means 12 on the 12th at midnight, it's pretty much over. So. Uh, so you got about a month. You got a month and an extra day, you know, so it's not bad. The and, last thing I have to add to that is I don't understand why red snapper is treated so much differently than any other species, why it's managed on a federal level and not a state level. It doesn't no, make sense do to me. We do have state management. I know, but, it, but they, they get... Well, do you want to listen? Uh, sure. Okay. The, the majority of the snapper are in federal waters. There's very few places in the state of Florida up by the panhandle being the exclusion where the snapper are in state waters. So the majority of the regulations come out of the feds. And at one point, uh, FWC went non-compliant with the feds and opened up snapper in state waters when it was closed in federal waters. Um, So FWC has made an attempt to manage it outside of the feds. And that's one of the things when they played a little bit of hardball. And I, you know, when they still have a a politician that might do that now, but Mm -hmm. the, the feds have come and are now listening more to what the FWC is putting out and some of the data that they have. And we are getting more day uh, days fishing, because of all the hard work the FWC is doing. Well, know? I digress. So, well, they, if, I, you, I, if you go year after year, they've they've worked hard and had to work within the regulations that are are set forth by the feds. Well, don't all forget right. if you are going to go out and you are going to go catch a red snapper, then uh, on your license you are required you are required to have your uh, your little reef fish you know, exemption thing. So you got to go for that too. Uh, Isn't that like five or $10 or something like that? 
actually, it says right here, anglers fishing Free. from private recreational boats will need to sign up as a Gulf Reef fish angler to target red snapper and several other reefs fish in the Gulf State and federal waters, excluding Monroe County. Even if they are exempt from fishing license requirements, sign up at the Gulf Reef Fish Angler at no cost at GoOutdoorsFlorida.com or by visiting any location where you can purchase a license. Now, when they originally were coming up with that, and that is so that they can survey Mm -hmm. people more readily um, to get more specific data on the people who are actually out there fishing for our reef fish. It's just like the migratory bird uh, Bird little permit. Stamp. Thing. doesn't cost anything extra. It's but just a little... Originally, yeah. they were going to charge for it, and I got up and I spoke about, you know, that fee at the time, and in particular to who they were charging it to, because they were going to charge everybody, seniors and everything, and I'm like, that that's not right. Um, and they ended up exempting the fee, and so FWC eats the cost of what the licensing department has to pay the vendor but um there is actually some push now to make that a slight cost permit and that's because when people don't have to pay for it and they go get their license they go check 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 yeah give it it's free give it to me check check and so you got people who aren't actually fishing now going out there and checking the fact that they they want a refish permit doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You should be able to do that if if it's available to you. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, oh, I'm not. Um, I'm just saying. They're saying if it was like a, a four or five dollar fee, then somebody who really didn't intend to do it might wouldn't, not wouldn't want it. Wouldn't wouldn't just do it because it was free. Oh, so let's punish the people who are going to do it. Yeah. No, so uh, I'm I, just kidding. So I'm not saying there's a. I don't. I'm not saying where I think it should be. But as uh, soon as that passes, then you know that it'll do the same thing for the migratory. I bird. did that so, to get a smile out of you, dang it. Yeah. Or you could go down the route of uh, <laughs> just it's my God-given right to hunt and fish. I can do whatever I want without a permit. Sovereign citizen. <laughs> I'm a sovereign citizen officer. You can't take me out of my car. Uh, you know, if you're going to now, here's the, uh, the, the rub on this for a lot of guys, uh, for the recreational snapper season, it's actually better for you, uh, than actually getting on a headboat or anything like that, because they're only allowed to fish in state waters. They can't go in federal waters during the recreational, um, snapper season, which, you know, for a lot of people, it doesn't mean a big deal because they got good spots and you can catch snapper just about anywhere, uh, in state or federal waters. But that used to be the rub on a lot of people is they're like, dude, you're expecting me to go out for two days. You give me a two-day season. You're going to make me spend $500 on gasoline, drive for three hours to get out into federal waters to catch one or two snapper. You only keep two or three fish. And then drive all the way back. Three hours. Yeah, to get out. How slow is your boat? Three hours you can get out there in federal waters. Federal waters, nine Nine miles. Yeah, but if you want to get out to some decent reefs and things like that, you know, let's just say. Three hours. You got a slow boat, man. No. He doesn't even have a boat. Not anymore. Wow. <laughs> Not anymore. Wow. It takes, it takes, if it, he can't walk there, he can't get there. <laughs> neither, neither does Dean. Dean just sold his boat. So, uh, oh, I mean, a 14-foot trial hole wasn't getting boat. out that Bill far. George, haven't you ever heard that old saying? I don't need to own a boat. All my friends have boats. I agree with I that. D- so, I, under, I do agree with that, especially offshore. I mean, you know, JJ, he's got a, and I'm right on luxury. I mean, you know, he's got a sheer wood. If I really want to go offshore, I'll call Dylan Hubbard and say, put my 
my butt on a boat. I'll show up with my cooler, get my stuff, go home after I'm done. If, you know, and you ain't uh, got to wash it, ain't got to service it, ain't got to do anything else. And I and I'll give you a great example. A, a guy came into Jeep uh, five yesterday. He's not a fisherman. He's from a foreign country, and he wants to take his son out, and they wanted to go to the Skyway. And so I said, well, do you have fishing poles? No. So you have no fishing poles whatsoever? No. Do you have line? No. Hooks? No. You got any tackle? No. I mean, literally nothing, starting all over again. So when I started adding everything up where, you know, if you're going to fish off the pier, you're expecting to catch this, you're going to need a rod like this and a reel like this and line like this and all that stuff. It starts going cha-ching, 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 cha-ching in his head. And he goes, man, that's going to be really expensive. I said, well, you got to understand that most fishermen, it's a gradual thing. You know, you pick up a few baits here. You grab a spool of line over there. You know, you buy an expensive rod once a year. You know, <laughs> Give him a yo-yo. <laughs> I would say you are the charter captain, right? Ta-da! That's exactly what I said. I said, if you're going to do something like that, Here's the number to Captain Little, and you should give him a call and go out having a great day where you show up with a cooler and your sandwiches and whatever you want to drink, and you go out for the day, and he'll teach you, he'll bait it, he'll answer any questions you may have, start off small, learn what you can do, target species, do all that other stuff. At the end of the day, shake his hand, say thanks for a great day, jump in your car, turn on the air conditioner, and go home. With your skin, probably already with, clean fish. Whatever, whatever fish you desire to uh, keep or are allowed to keep. Uh, while you're <laughs> you out are allowed to keep. Kid. Yeah, and a happy child. And uh, you, I said, but you will explain to your child the same thing I explained to my child on the way home was, not all fishing trips are like the one we had yeah. today. Some of them are hot, sweaty, nasty, and you don't catch Jack. <laughs> you don't come home with 50 snook over the side of the boat. Oh, come so, home with 50 snook. I, yeah, I, yeah. Now I hear what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that, Dean? Yeah, you came home with 50 snook. Yeah. You didn't get that package I left on your doorstep? <laughs> he said. He said any snook no you wonder get. we have a closed season. Yeah. You didn't get those? Oh, you were in Pennsylvania. Oh, the bears must have ate them. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Last phone call was, hey, you're going out with Cam Little, right? Yeah. Hey, remember, any snooky again, I won't just leave him on my front porch, okay? And I was like, all right, Bill, I'll do that for you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> my kids are minors. What are they going to do? Throw them in prison? I don't think so. No. No, we didn't really do that, okay? <laughs> so right. for entertainment purposes only, folks. Yeah. Bill George likes to point out certain things in certain phrases, like, shut the hell up. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. It gets better, I promise. Stop it. I'm getting hungry. It's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh... You'll be here for an hour. You'll go home. <sighs> Braden, Bill George, <sighs> King Frazier, Jonathan Swindle. We're all in today. Glenn is out running around doing something today. I don't know. I know he's taking a big load of stuff up for the uh, Panfish Challenge next weekend up at Panavista Lodge. If you have not gotten your uh, boat registered, you need to do so as quickly as possible, humanly possible. Go to uh, PanavistaLodge.com, PanavistaLodge.com. Or uh, Google it, duck, duck, go it, do whatever you got to do. Panfish Challenge, where our motto is food, fun, and fellowship. And it's going to be a lot of fun up there, and it's $25 per boat if you do it today. If you do it and you wait till the day of, it's $35 per boat. 
Not per person, but per boat. Going to and, a charity. Uh, and it's all, yeah, it's all for charity. It's all for the kids. It's all for fun. And we invite you to come up there. We got a lot of food, a lot of prizes. Uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be a day uh, where you can tell the kids to kick off their shoes, put on some sunscreen, get out there, and just go, man, hook fin all over the place, man, out there. Just have a great time. Get out there, get some mosquito bites, some fire ant bites, all that stuff. Just, you know, be a kid. Rub some dirt on it. Rub fire some dirt ant, on it. I haven't seen any fire ants up there. I haven't either, but I'm sure they're there. It's I would think he, Jim would keep those at bay. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the uh, the red snapper season that's coming up fast, approaching June 11th all the way through June 12th. Uh, July 12th uh, ends on the 13th officially. If you would like to help out the FWC, Bill George and Dean and everybody else who might be listening, if you would like to uh, help out a little bit with the Keep Florida Fishing Initiative that the FWC is out there pushing, you can go and download the iAngler app, the iAngler app, to uh, share real-time catch data with the uh, FWC. That way they can get a more accurate harvest data for the 2019 Gulf Red Snapper recreational season. And uh, you can get out there and help them out, do your part. And if you're not one of those people who uh, wants to take the reef reef fish survey, uh, you can go help them out that way. You got that on your phone yet, Dean? You got iAngler? I know. I have the MyFWC app. I I would say there will be a day in which that will be a requirement. It may not be in the next couple of years, but there, there's days we're we're about to go to the deer rules where you report via app, and I would see there will be a day coming where you're going to need to be reporting your fish uh, via an app somewhere along the line. Yeah, well, <clears throat> that's the way of the future. Everybody's doing that. I mean, you know, and I think if you could do it in real time at the time, that probably helps out quite a bit. You know, the data comes in as it's fresh and new and not when you get back and go, well, how many, where were we? I don't remember what we caught. What were we? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and things change. Yeah. I think oh. about this when it comes to regulations, too. We have an average of 150 people a day moving to Pinellas. What, almost 2,000 a day moving to Florida in total, something and like m- that? Most of them don't fish. But, but even, even if a fraction of them do, even if we get five people a day in Pinellas that fish, Majority of them don't come out of air conditioning. I'm just saying, even if we get five out of those 150 a day, yeah, that it it adds up quick. It does. Adds up quick. It does. And well, every- and that's probably one of the main reasons why we also have. Uh, don't forget uh, on July 1st, as Bill George pointed out about an hour ago, the new shark fishing regulations for Florida beaches uh, go into effect for July 1st. Uh, these rules are intended to increase the survival release of sharks, improve information gathering for the fisheries, and address some of the public safety concerns related it's to the fishery. Keep on coming. Uh, Most people. Last ten years, west coast of Florida. How many shark bites have we had? How many shark attacks have we had? Well, last how many years? In the last ten years, less than a dozen. I don't. Know. I can't even think of a dozen. I can't even think of one. I know that there was the one guy that you talked about a little bit off the break who drowned in the past, and two tiger sharks were noshing on the guy, but it was after the fact, not uh, yeah. during the fact. There's been a few. It's it's pretty it's small minor. compared to... Um, and most of those are usually done by uh, smaller sharks who, 
as I like exploratory to exploratory bites. Exploratory bites, as I tell my brother when we were out wade fishing. If I see a shark, you know, you tuck your toes into the mud, and uh, you know, you know, not normally do they come up and buy you on a calf or a knee or a thigh. You know, it's usually something that's wiggling in the water or something that looks kind of like something that might be well, tasty. Yeah. So give it a shot. With these regulations, most of the things that are on there. People who are legitimately shark fishing off the beach already do these things. The people who don't, I mean, it, that's why I'm not too upset about it. But at the same time, it's it's a slippery slope and it's going to keep on going. Well, what they've done is it says right here, the new rule changes on July 1st actually include creating a mandatory, no-cost, annual shore-based shark fishing permit. Yes, you will have to have a permit. <sighs> Will be required for all shore-based shark anglers age 16 or older, including those 65 and older who are normally exempt from needing a fishing license. How many 65-year-olds oh, no. are shark fishing? Oh, I, More than you think. Why? Never mind. I'm just not. This, what, what's no. your also question? A ch- also a change no, no, required. Never mind. Never mind. It's, you want to know why they're doing that? My head already hurts enough. It's just. It, it, no, it's just. You've already bought a, like y'all, you made a good point. You've already bought a fishing license. Correct. So. You've taken the reef fish survey. I mean, why? Because they have no clue how many people are participating in this particular activity and how many people that may offend if they shut it down. So they're going to turn around and they're going to start with, I'm going to start to identify you. By making you have to have a license, then I'll know how many you are and where you're from and what type of dynamic makeup you have, and then that will feed data in. And then the machines will take over the world. Very few people legitimately shark fish, like actually do it right, and that's that's what I don't do it right. Well, in right in the sense of they know what they're doing. The the people who are legitimate shark fishing. Like they do it all the time. They are very adamant about making sure that sharks don't come out of the water, making sure that they get them released as quickly as possible. Most of them are tagging the sharks, and as they release them, most of them have big gear. So if they say they hook up into a twelve foot hammerhead, they're not fighting it for three hours on a nine knot, which you can catch them on a nine knot, but it's going to take you so Almost long to get them in. Two hours, yeah, it's yeah. going to kill them. So they use big eighty wides and stuff like that to crank them in in less than 30 minutes and those guys they do it religiously they do it constantly you gotta remember that a vast majority of uh people who actually go out and fish from the beach especially if you're using live bait not necessarily artificial but if you're using live bait chances are you may pick up a shark you may pick up a small uh you know black tip or a little sand shark or something or a bonnet head uh and and you know People freak out when they see that. You weren't there targeting that fish, that species. You were just fishing. So, you know, some guy from New Jersey who uh, brought his fishing pole down with him, and he's like, I got a shark on here. I got a shark. And they pick it up, and they take it out of the water. They hold it up. They take pictures with it for 35 minutes. You know, all the other people gather around from New Jersey and take a look at it, take pictures. Hold it up again, Earl. I want to get a picture. And by the time they release that thing, it goes out about 30, 40 feet and then turns belly up. So, um um, you know, I, I agree with Dean on that one. The hardcore guys who are actually out there doing it and targeting it, they're just like the fishermen. So, they try to get them in, get it unhooked, get it back out, get her done. Mm-hmm. And so there's, anyway, there's light peop light tackle people. I mean, I have no no problem with people wanting to use light tackle. 
But they're not out there targeting the same kind yeah, of sharks that Dean is talking about. It's one about. thing to but, target a six foot black tip on a you know a sixty five hundred. It's another thing to target big bull sharks, big hammerheads that, and especially hammerheads that die so easily when because they they just killed themselves. It's one thing to do that and then not have the gear big enough to properly do it. Those fish most likely will die if they don't aren't brought in quick enough. Well, and so, yeah, so it, if a shark, as I said. Most likely a hammerhead that's caught on a 9 knot is not going to survive because it's going to take too long to get in, and that thing's going to die. Same with tarpon in the past. If you take too long getting it in, it's getting eaten. Yeah, and most of those captains yeah. tell you to reel, 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 let's get it in here. Get it into the boat. Get next to the boat. Uh, we'll go over the other changes when we come back. Uh, there are some that are required. Uh, that you need to know if you're going to go out there and do it. If you're going to be one of those guys, two G's on hold. You got to do what you got to do. It is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. We'll be back. <laughs> Mics are on, okay? Microphones are on. <laughs> Dean, oh, Dean is going to sit there oh, and you're going to ask gonna him if he wants to come in. He's going to say, is Bill there this weekend? <laughs> I'm going to have an oh, aneurysm over here. Gino, help. Hang on. Hey, Gino, what's going on, oh. brother? Hey, guys, I got to tell you guys, the, the person answering the phone seems a whole lot more lovely than you crusty guys. Well, that is true. Aaron, I will say, is the flower in a garden of uh, cow pies. That is for sure. Why, thank you. <laughs> now, you know, I, guys are talking. There's two things. First thing, I j- just want to bring up, talking about shark fishing off the beach. If I'm throwing cut bait off a beach, just theoretically, a chunk of a stingray or a shad or something, couldn't that say I'm fishing for a tarpon or a jewfish swimming by? You know, and not a shark. I mean, aren't they kind of trying to overdefine what people are doing fishing off the beach? Mm. Well, it depends. Have you been chumming the water first? Because that would be illegal. <laughs> I understand the chumming thing, but this license for fishing off the beach. I mean, they're looking at things for too many facets nowadays, man. You well, know, I will say that Bill George had a very good point off the air, which was if you were really thinking about it in a public safety concern, then uh, the rules would have been totally different than they are right now because, uh, you know, requiring uh, even uh, under 16-year-olds to take a educational requirement associated with the permit unless they are fishing with an adult who already holds the permit, that just sounds like a little regulatory uh, pile-on, if you ask me. I don't know why you want to make... reinventing uh, the wheel. I don't know why you'd want to make a kid out there uh, go out and do it. Um, I guess that way, if they're fishing on their own, then they are, you know should know the rules, uh, kind of thing. Uh, as we pointed out, prohibited chumming of any fishing of any species from the beach. So, if you're a beach fisherman and you want to go out for some beach snook and you want to throw a few greenbacks out first and kind of get them up feeding, no, that's illegal. You can't do that anymore. Right, exactly, exactly. Where are you to find it? You know, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, the guys out of some shiners and you know. Trying to get some snook pops or, you know, some trout pops on the beach. Of course, you can't catch people trying anyway. But yeah. uh, Now, the other thing I want to talk about, Brayden, this is something you and I both grew up in. As much as I chafe against any species closure, you got to admit, you grew up in Riviera Bayou, just like me. And when we were kids, you know, in our teens, early 20s, we could go out and get reds in the fall and the winter. And we could get 15 or 16 out of a spot as big as a 
peach basket, you know. Yeah. And I, I remember taking a hundred, you, me, and I think Tom, we were using fiddlers, everybody else is using shrimp, and they were just crunching the fiddler crabs. And you know, it was no big deal to take eighty or ninety redfish home. But there were no big redfish, okay? And then they closed redfish and we all grimaced and grumped and everything about it. And all of a sudden there were these thirty inch redfish, which we still see nowadays. Those didn't exist. I mean, you might get one when you went fishing at the Gandy Bridge at night or something. <laughs> but no, I mean, it was unheard of. If you got if you got an eighteen, nineteen inch redfish, man, you you know you rang all your neighbors' doorbell. Look at this! Look at this! Look at this! I mean, that fish didn't exist. So I'm just hoping that maybe this trout closure gets us some more of those those big trout that pull your drag when you're actually snook fishing and a. A mm-hmm. trout comes up and pops you on your snook rod, and you get a run out of it. Well, holy cow, that's a trout. Well, you know, I, I used to, you know, I remember when they first introduced the trout closure, I remember everybody, uh, all the experts were comparing it and said, you know, within three or four years, we'll be catching trout uh, like the ones they catch off the coast of Texas. You know, those big monster. The they catch off the off, coast. Yeah, off of Louisiana. I mean, those things are, they're, they're monsters. And, and as kids, you know, Gino, I, Tom, everybody we grew up, we were all waiting for that day. We we're like, man, I can't wait to get out there and catch a 30 inch uh, speckled trout. This would be awesome. But yet it's never happened. They've, they've well, never I mean, gotten. I'm only, a, I'm only a year from my 60th birthday. It might happen yet. You know? <laughs> Happy birthday. In the 45 years I've known you. It has not happened. Yeah, it hasn't happened for me. I think the biggest one I ever caught out there was probably about 22, 23 inches. And I well, thought that was. Like a 30, we found like a 36 inch one in a crab trap one time, as skinny as a snake. I think he'd been in there a while. He was still alive. We let him go. But uh, I was the biggest trap. I mean, he was like 30. I think he was 32 inches and maybe two two pounds. Yeah. I mean, it looked like a lizard fish. It was but I, I mean, I, I look at it and I think that was sold to us, you know, like we were going to see what you used to see on the front of, you know, uh, Florida sportsman, you know, they'd show those Texas trout and they were just, you know, big giant bellies hanging down on them. And they're just mine. We're like, man, in four years, we're going to have trout like that. And, uh, well, but the, never... that the redfish band did work. We got schools of redfish out there that, you know, you're not going to catch one that you know you can keep. They're all big. You know, you wouldn't even measure it. Well, you got to also thank the FWC on the other side of uh, Tampa Bay for that, for their initiatives and raising a lot of them and turning them loose, you know. So I don't know how many redfish would still be around here uh, as much as we have today if it wasn't for them doing their, you know, grow and, and release. Uh, letting and them all the back limits and stuff, too, because, I mean, we, we used to take 15 or 20. We used to take 80 trout home and not bad an eyelash. Yeah, but we had lots of neighbors to feed, if you remember. Oh, no, no. I mean, they didn't go bad. I mean, they didn't go bad. I don't think they lasted I, through the weekend. I hear those numbers and I cringe. Do you really? I, That's no, because I hear those grown up regulated. I, well, exa- well, not only that, but I've grown up <laughs> not thinking there was, you know, th- there not being as many. But And then, they, as you said, they were regulated. So when I hear... 80 trout. I'm just thinking, man, that's the reason why things are the way they well, are. No, we, we, we never kept 80 trout, but uh, you might keep 80 redfish. they didn't have big ones. They had a lot of little ones. No, well, we tie a third jig on a love lure to catch three at a time just to catch them. Yeah. You know, I mean, but you also remember uh, back in that time, you know, we would go out uh, Christmas pass when the old spring was still there. and But we also didn't over harvest it to the point where. Uh, it was not sustainable. We go out on a night. We may gig uh, two or three big snook, uh, and I mean big snook. You know, like forty inches, fifty inches. I mean big snook. Throw them in the boat. We go home. 
That'd be done. That, be done that right there is the whole thing that drives me nuts with people, the the animal rights people and everything else is is they don't realize that people like us have been doing this for years and years and years and years and know that is fishing, hunting, or anything else, you got to save something for the future. I yeah. mean, that was... But some people don't. Some people absolutely don't. They're entitled to this. And they feel obligated to take every one. You know, mm-hmm. they go home, empty their cooler, and go back and reload it. So, well, yeah. you know, I will say this, and just to help Dean feel a little bit better about it, it was three guys. We were in a boat, and it was that was between three people in one spot. Okay, just one spot that nobody ever went to. Nobody could ever get back there. It was a secret spot that that we knew back in the day. And uh, I don't think we did. We ever go back there? I don't ever remember going back there and fishing that spot again because we found a different spot to fish, and we caught reds we and caught bigger fish. reds. We we gigged some places and we fished other places. Yeah, we I, I can guarantee you that every you got to remember we were kids of the summer and we lived in our boats. I mean, we were lived on a canal together. We'd holler out, you know, like. Gino! And he'd be like, what? i go, you going fishing? Yeah, I'll be over in five minutes. He'd get over in the boat, and then Tom would come out and go, you guys going out? Yeah, let's go. And I guarantee you, we didn't go to the same spot twice in a summer. Well, that's, I mean, one, we that's the point always, I'm making. Well, except maybe Christmas Pass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I mean, we were always exploring. I mean, we had the Q-beams. We were finding new breaks on the outside, and, you know... And we were we were yeah, all around fishermen. We when would you're go out, keeping eighty dang redfish, you can't turn around and go back there again. <laughs> sure you can. Oh, no, That's no, the no, thing. No. You could have. You probably in that spot where we were, where we were talking about. I guarantee you that if you'd have went back there a day later, you'd have probably caught just as many. Well, you might have to move fifty feet down the shore. Yeah, or a little bit down. Honest to God, the next day it would be totally replenished. That's no lie. You might have to move up and down the shore. But yeah, you could get them any time. It was just unbelievable back in there. Yeah, you know. Well, and, oh, and the same thing. Used I mean, to be at least. Well, but but we were also we were we were all around guys. So yeah. it would be one day you'd be out. Maybe we'd go out and uh, throw snatch hooks for mullet one day, and then maybe that night we'd go out and go mullet gigging with a Cuban spotlight, or we'd go out for stingrays, if or we swam go out, it got eaten. Uh, dude, we were always out there doing something. Well, but it was always fun- something different. The yeah, funny thing is. is yeah, go, go, black ahead. drum on the bridge, or you know, we got bored with with Riviera Bay or the Bay. We'd go to Fort DeSoto, and then after Fort DeSoto, go we'd go. Yeah, we'd go everywhere. We we were just everywhere. It was lots of fun. Did you guys have black the uh, inshore grouper as much as people catch them now? You know what? I never. Well, we never went out and did inshore grouper. It was either black drum or mangrove snapper or sheep's head or. I would say that's one of the few species that I'm just like I I will. I will go out there specifically to target them to keep them because I, I love gags. But this time of year, oh, this is my favorite time of year. Yeah, uh, Gino was open. Gino was more of a guy who would go out with a big lip Cisco kid or something like that and go and, and catch grouper than I was. I wasn't I wasn't out there you know, doing that. Sully really had it nailed down. Yeah, he, had, he, he still got some good numbers just right off of you know Shore Acres. Yeah, well, like, let's just shut up. If you don't, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, thank you. I'm sorry, I had a phone, brother. <laughs> Does the number start eighty three? <laughs> you know what? If you're not within ten feet of it, you're spinning your wheels. There you go. That's the way to do it. It's over that way somewhere off of Shoiker. Shoiker's big. It's a big area. Gino, get out. Go play today, man. Go out. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks for the memories. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you guys have a good. 
No, uh, well, Jonathan's the one who hung up on you. Sorry, Gina. All right. We're going to take a real quick break, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feed Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Thank you for hanging with us. We'll be right back. The uh, Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden, Jonathan, Dean, and uh, Bill George in the studio today. Glenn's out running around. Hopefully, he's going to give us a call here in a minute or two, give us a little rundown on some of the stuff going on out at the uh, Panfish Challenge next weekend. I know he's got a truckload of stuff he's going to be bringing up, and hopefully, uh, man, it's it's like crunch time, man. We're all trying to gather up all the good stuff, all the prizes, everything that we're going to need out there for the uh, for the big panfish challenge next Saturday, and uh, it's going to be a lot of good fun. Yeah. I wanted to go down these rules quite quickly uh, before uh, Jonathan and Dean get back in there. They're still hashing it out over in the break room, I think. So somebody's going to come back bloody, I'm sure. They're um, still trying to figure out how you killed that many uh, redfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going down the list for the uh, for the new uh, shark fishing rules for the state of Florida, uh, we stopped at prohibited chumming for fishing of any species from the beach. Uh, require immediate release of prohibited shark species when fishing from the shore. That's a change requiring anglers to cut the leader, line, or hook to prevent delaying release of prohibited species, which if you don't know what the prohibited species is, then I would suggest that you probably need to get the uh, iAngler app and uh, be able to know. And, of course, then you have to uh, become a quick marine biologist to be able to tell the difference between a uh, Black tip shark and a standard sand shark or, you know, something like that. It's pretty easy. Well, if you know what you're looking for, but if you're somebody who's a novice at it, you're like, is this uh well, is that a... You should prob- well, you don't go shark fishing alone. If you go fishing, shark fishing alone, there's... It's not smart, especially Why? if you're kayaking. Why? Especially if you're kayaking out baits, anything Listen, can happen. If you're kayaking, you better not have three people on the boat. No, yeah. no, you kayak the baits out. <laughs> you're gonna need a bigger you, boat. You kayak the baits out, and you use multiple people just to make sure that there's somebody on shore. Especially if it's at night, there's somebody on shore with a light, so that you kind of have an idea of where they're at. You're out there in the kayak going out, and you know the people on shore are also making sure that the spool isn't oh. spinning too fast. See, Bill George, this is why. I tried to go down through the rules before they got back. Yeah. So anyway, requiring that <laughs> requiring that the prohibited shark species remain in the water when fishing from shore or from a vessel, requiring the use of non-offset, non-stainless steel circle hooks to target or harvest sharks while using live or dead bait, natural bait when fishing from shore or from a vessel. Requiring the possession use of a device <laughs> capable of quickly cutting the leader or hook. When targeting sharks, when fishing from shore or That's vessel, a pocket knife. and defining uh, <laughs> defining beach chumming and shore based shark fishery, Sorry. <laughs> that change includes uh, now shore based shark fisher as defined. Okay. So That's what, what it says? Why why a non offset hook? What does that have? What is like circle hooks? I get circle hooks are definitely the better option, but non offset. What does an offset hook have anything to do with? releasing a shark properly they're probably harder to get out they're not well you don't get as if, much leverage you gotta actually go in and twist it sideways and then that's what take the, that's it out. what the whole d hooker is for it it's meant if you do it right which there is doesn't pretty say simple anything, it doesn't say anything here about about de-hooking it, it just does, says it, cut the leader or cut you, the line which or is cut stupid the hook. which is stupid it Why doesn't it say stupid? anything because one a circle hook 95 percent of the time gets it perfectly right in the side of the mouth there are very few times where that fish gets 
gut hooked, then I can understand cutting the leader. But besides that, if you well, have a D hooker, you put it right in the side, you twist it, the hook pops out every time. It's not difficult to do if you have a D hooker. Well, so where I don't, were you when they were making all these rules and regulations? Well, they, <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure. I'm sure there was yeah, plenty of the, people who said the same thing. The the the, the reason for the non stainless steel is so that it will corrode and rust out. I don't very disagree quickly. with that. I understand that. I'm talking about the um, offset part, and then I get the you know yes. Well, it it def- may be harder to catch if you have a don't have an offset, and maybe you'll catch less, <sighs> and then there'll be less conflicts. That is true. I just don't see how it makes any difference. I've never been a big well, fan of offset. if it doesn't make any difference, then why don't you just use non-offset? Yeah, I've never been a fan of offset hooks anyway. And I'm not a big O'Shaughnessy fan either, so that's just the way it is. I just, you know, it's just, it's just making more regulations it's for okay, the sake bro. of it's regulations. Okay. No, That's no, it. I can't believe you're taking this much of a of a butt hurt attitude over the whole uh, offset <laughs> off of off he of does, an offset hook. It doesn't mind the whole species being closed out for non scientific reasons, but dang, an offset hook's got his no. I, I just gallant. <laughs> I, I will say that I, I don't know. Hey, who y'all the, leave Dean alone. It's okay. Oh my goodness. I don't know who the brainiacs were who said that. Uh, you know that you couldn't use a stainless steel hook because um it doesn't i mean if you're out there shark fishing for anything of any size or substance you know how hooked how big that thing has to be if that's an old bronze hook type thing i mean those things will straighten out and i think that's probably one of the reasons why they kind of went that route you know to give the stainless is usually a softer metal than the other one see that's not a big deal it it Hmm. it is so that the hook if you're cutting the leader and the pocket knife's not going to work if you're using wire leader or chain link dog stuff. Um, okay. But but if you turn around, you need to have a pair of wire cutters or something along the line mm-hmm. to quickly just reach down, cut it off, and let that hook come, come out of its mouth and rust out. Usually use bolt cutters. I have a pair of those so you can just cut the hook itself and just pull it straight Boom. out. Yeah, yes. I've seen that a yeah. lot lately. But, yeah. the, goal, the goal is to quickly yes. release the shark and not have the shark detained for any length of time and not put the fisherman in danger having to get in as close to the shark's mouth in order to use the bolt cutters. If you're yeah, you got to kind of go I in do, there close to the business end. I do agree to an extent, but that's why I use multiple people. Oh, my gosh. Look at this politician. I agree, but I don't agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to go okay. somewhere oh. someday. Aaron just about saw me spit coffee on a microphone. <laughs> well, he you can, know, he, re- he he can be Democrat on weekdays, and uh, weekends he can be a Republican. Well, you know, he has, does have plans and has a long-range plan to become mayor of St. Petersburg. No, so, no, uh, no. It's no, all no. Good. I, I plan to be his boss. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> See, that's how you do it. Uh, I don't know. I, I just got a text from Gino, and he said, yeah, man, boy, they sure have sucked out all the fun of shark fishing from the old days. And uh, and that is true. I know that you know back in the day when they used to fish off of, uh, off of uh, the Fort DeSoto Pier, we always knew you'd see those guys. They show up with those big twelve lot international pins and well, you uh, got, a generator and have TVs and they go out there and they would catch no, sharks all you, night. Man, you really need to look at the regulations. If you're not using a belt to fight the fish, if you're not using some other way to deploy the bait, i.e., a kayak or something else, you're not shark. Fi- there's there's like well three. If you have more than four foot of steel leader, okay. 
then you're shark fishing. If you use some other method to deploy the bait, you're shark fishing. Or if you're using a fighting belt, you're shark fishing. If you don't make one of those like three things, you're not shark fishing, and you don't have to worry about all that. 12-foot surf rod with a 1250-pen uh, slammer three. You and if you don't have more than four foot, if you're not using a fighting belt and you're not more than using more than four foot, a metal leader, you're not shark fishing. There's ways around it, but still. Well, but it's like I told. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, but that's I, like I, I was telling Dean in the break room. I'm the guy that doesn't get to fish that much, but I look at it's fishing to me. When that line hits the water, you don't know what you're going to catch. That's true. I mean, you can sit here and tell me it's not like sitting and it was like we were talking about back there. It's not like in the woods when you're sitting on a feeder or you're sitting on a trail or you're sitting on a food plot. You, you know, you study your prey. You know what you're going after. When you throw that line, like I was telling him in the break room, when that line hits the water, it's it's a mixed bag. Yeah. You don't know what's going to hit it, but that's it. You can kind of guess out. by it, what bait you're using, though. Well, but I'm just saying, you might go out, like you guys are sitting here saying, you might go out targeting a shark, but... You know, There's plenty of times I've known people to catch tarpon off the beach exactly. with shark fishing, sure. Goliath group, or, or vice you know. versa. You're out tarpon fishing and you catch sharks. Yeah, uh, you know it, it's always that way. I, I think that uh, I think Gino made a great point. What I'm trying to say is, is what Gino texts you. I think makes a great point to where it's like it. They're micromanaging things down to a point to where you're just going to say, forget about it, and I'm not going to go mess with it because. Yeah, but if you look at it the way Bill George explained it, if you go out there and you are technically wanting to go out and catch some sharks there's ways of doing it where you're not technically shark fishing so you just got to know the rules and the requirements and and i know that it sucks that those things are <laughs> then there you don't need a circle i'm telling you. you don't need sailors 1-800 bill george yeah. i'm starting it now 1-800 bill george for all your fwc loopholes you no. could <laughs> you could uh you could put your offset hook out there all you want to dean you just gotta uh you know have the right equipment so that you're not shark fishing while you're shark fishing i'm not shark fishing don't look at the black fin that's laying here on the beach i'm not shark fishing nope he just well, that, no that's that my part of my that was that was a question I asked is if you're on the beach and you catch a shark and you don't have a shark fishing license, is there any issues? And they never could answer. Thank or you. They never there did answer. Yeah. The answer is F- you don't F- it doesn't matter. Yeah. FBI's breaking down your door. <laughs> Man, that would be a bad day. All right, we're gonna take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G five Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. It's getting busy. Stay with us. We'll be back. <laughs> 